Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. And I'm Jessica. Welcome back to another exciting episode. Let's see, our twofer for the week. Yep, we got, uh, we're giving you guys an extra episode this week. Yeah, we're pretty busy this week. We had that special episode with the folks from AetherCon 6, and now we've got our episode, uh, which you had you folks vote on for our, uh, for the topic. We're covering a background today, and we put up a couple of questions for uh, non-human backgrounds to cover. Uh, on our social media, and the big winner was the Kunari Barisad. Yay! Congratulations. Mm, congratulations to the Kunari Barisad. <laughs> victory is meaningless. <laughs> victory is in the queue, not in so- not in social media. Oh well, okay, man. Whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> so that that's gonna be a good one. We got a lot of stuff to talk, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. So we're gonna go ahead and get right into it. Um, we're going to start by uh, welcoming you to This Week in Thetis. You aren't worried I'll just make it up as I go? Not at all. You'll need to hear the whole story. Welcome to This Week in Thetis. We've got a quick little blurb for you that is a very exciting one. Uh, a fan of the show informed us that Dragon Age Faces of Thetis is available for pre-order on Amazon right now. Took a look, and sure enough, there it is. We've actually got a little tab for it right there. It's a very handsome-looking book already. Ah, very excited. It exciting. is lovely. That's uh-huh. going to be really cool. It's going to be neat. We're very excited. And they got all they've got all the uh, authors listed. They got you know Jack Norris, and they got uh, Chris Primus on there. It's all looking very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it lists the release date as September twenty-sixth. Um, however, uh, there is worth keeping a few things in mind, even with this update. Uh, Amazon has been known to leak release dates and even make the date somewhat optimistic, as is the case with the Fantasy Age Companion, which is listed for a December, September 12th release date, and folks on the Green Running forums, or official fo- official folks on the Green Running forums have said there's no way that's happening. Oh. Unfortunately. It would have come out right around my birthday. Yeah, it would have been cool. Would well, nice. it will not be done in September, but we don't know. Maybe it'll come out in August. So, uh, of course, and uh, Green Ronin itself has actually made no announcements about this particular book, um, probably because they're waiting for Gen Con to end first before they mm-hmm. start making any announcements about new books. Um, of course, Green Ronin will announce it on their website and allow folks to pre-order directly through them as well. Um, it's worth keeping in mind that uh, if this, if even if this is all true, of this, uh, with Amazon has got the book listed for a reduced price uh, for but pre-orders, also be but super excited that we would we'll be like close to a release a of a new book, for cheap or free, new Dragon Age that. book. Yeah. I mean, it would be, uh, it would be pretty cool if it, it came out sooner. Of course, you know, the coolest would have not, not that I at all blame them. We want to get it right before you send it out, but uh, I mean, Gen Con. Gen Con. Hmm. Starts technically tomorrow, but we're going mm-hmm. today. Yep, we're going soon. Uh, and of course, I guess yeah, that's that's news. Gen Con, Gen Con yeah. fifty is happening this year. We'll be going there. We'll be uh, leaving you some updates about the about the show. Uh, of course, I'll be running some games, and we'll be mm-hmm. playing lots of games. We'll be driving up actually, probably about an hour after recording this. So. Yeah, actually, yeah. 
So we should probably get through this episode really fast. Uh, go, 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 Let's consult the codex. Con. You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm... going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We've got a couple of quick questions for you. Uh, well, one of them is not terribly quick because we could honestly take a whole episode talking about it. Uh, but the first one comes from Andy Klosky through our email. And I've been excited to answer this question. What major changes have you made to the Dragon Age world? Obviously, the nation of Brasilia doesn't exist in the video game Thetis, and video game Thetis, and your recent live play, King Balin hadn't hadn't disbanded the Dwarven Assembly or crushed the Carta. Are there any other major differences? Well, this, yeah, we could do an entire episode on this question. But we could we'll do a mini series on right, this question. We honestly, could. Um, most of the so most of the major uh, points of the Dragon Age story, a lot of the fixed points in time, are still the same. Like. Uh, the Archdemon Urthemiel is slain. The Mage Templar War still breaks out after the Kirkwall Rebellion happens. The Arashok tries to take Kirkwall, and the Champion stops them. Uh, the Breach is closed twice. Is definitely going to be closed mm -hmm. twice. A uh, War of the Lions still takes place. War of the Lions still takes although place. Although, it starts for um, different reasons. The Circles all still shatter into pieces, although I guess that is technically the Mage Templar War. Yeah, um, right there. Weird stuff happens, Solus eventually we Solus eventually comes on the scene and uh, we meet a lot of important folks in Inquisition. The Inquisition is all still pretty much going to happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tried to honestly interfere with the game timeline as little as I could when writing this adventure. Uh, and, but, you know, the further we get in after, after Brasilia has been crafted, the more Thetis does change a bit. Mm -hmm. Having a, you know, a reasonably stable place for the elves to live is it's a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. And it happened at a very fortunate time, because you know, as the Dalish are run by mages, so too is Brasilia in a, in a large part. Mm -hmm. And under just about any other circumstances, no matter how well we tried to, you know, sort of interact with the world and mm -hmm. make known our aims and goals, we probably still would have been facing an exalted march. Yeah. Pretty much guaranteed. The benefit here is that this is, you know, Brasilia starts right about when the mages in other places are getting more restless and more mm -hmm. dangerous, and the Brasilians are actively not causing problems. That's true. So we, as a nation, get put on the back burner as regards threats, mm -hmm. and uh, fortunately, you know, with uh, the change in divines at about that time going from one who was not really capable in her last days to one who is much more tolerant, we really just happened to find the exact perfect little niche in time so that we would have the time to build, and when people finally wanted to come for us, we would be prepared to <laughs> prepared fend them off. Prepared to defend. Oh, yeah. So it's been, we've been uncommonly fortunate, us Brazilians. Right. I guess one of the big changes is, of course, that a large chunk of Thetis' elven population now lives in the Brazilian forest. I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of important. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, this means that alienages are slowly becoming a thing of the past, and there are vanishingly few Dalish clans who haven't joined Brasilia, mm -hmm. uh, and even slaves are slowly starting to move out of Tevinter. Uh, those who don't live in Brasilia do so for a number of reasons. Either um, they can't, uh, either they can't physically make the move, and Brasilia hasn't sent any aid yet. We're working um, on that, right? They are working on that. Um, 
they live uh, so far away, maybe live so far away that they haven't even heard of Brasilia yet. Like, I mean, this is like in the Anderfells. We're working on that like, too. Yeah, working like living in the deserts of the Anderfells, or just really isolated. Um, maybe they think that the li- the lot they have in life is perfectly fine, and they don't want to risk starting a new one. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like, just don't believe that. Yeah. Don't believe that we exist. Maybe they hear all the stories and they're like, "That that can't be right." That sounds that sounds too mythical. Naysayers. It's it's it's, it's basically an upgraded version of the uh, constant like elven dream of running off to the Dalish. Yep. Becoming real elves. We we would never consider any one elf to be more real than another. Mm-hmm. Well. Okay. Well, those of us in of the, charge. Right. Those in charge don't. don't. So now there's a lot of really grumpy, bitter elves all living in the forest. Um, but there's just the levels of self-righteous heresy in the Ferelden region have just exploded. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's basically it's the third home of the elves. They had Arlathan that was ta- that was broken by Tevinter. Then they had the Dales that was broken by Orlais, and now they have Brasilia, mm-hmm. which was uh, which was gifted to them by King Alistair. We're we're buds. Yeah, cool. We weren't really using those. We weren't really using the forest for much. Well, and hey, now they're because we're able to use it properly. Mm-hmm. We're able to provide some actual benefit out of the forest. Heck yeah! While still trying to maintain the ecosystem, as you know, yes, carefully as possible. Of course, that also does mean that uh, I know that there is plenty of Inquisitor Lavalins who probably could have come from Brasilia. Oh yes, which would mean that. Uh, the, which, would, which could mean that potentially the Inquisitor is Brazilian. Which is awesome. Which is pretty not so cool. Which is awesome. Oh yeah, totally. Tevinter is a little uh, leery of Brasilia because Brasilia is so like really magical. Yeah, we got some mages. serious magic going on. Oh yeah. We actually, um, after the campaign, the campaign ends in 934 Dragon. Uh, so we actually did 88 growth checks. Like one growth check per month for with an additional four months of right of high activity for the end of the campaign, and um, by the end of it, Brasilia is looking pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, turned out pretty nice. We have a lot of magic. There's a lot of magic going around, and uh, also a lot of there's also a lot of intrigue. And uh, well, you know what? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. And, um, Andy, you can get a more detailed answer here in a little bit. But thank you for the question. We love talking about the home game. Just be big nerds about our home game. Let me oh, tell yeah. you about my roleplay character. Let me tell you about my character. <laughs> so, second question comes from Joe H. through our email. First time, say, long time listener, first time caller, I guess? I mean, it's like calling, except not at all with except the phone. Except not at all with the phone. Uh, so Joe, your question was, So I'm a GM, and lately I have been having my players getting high dragon die counts. I was wondering if a player can use the same stunt twice, like Lightning Attack or Mighty Blow twice. They stayed, started using it, and I wasn't sure. I'm going to say no, they can't, but wanted a professional opinion. Your gut is absolutely correct. Absolutely. Unless it specifies in the stunt table that you can use a stunt more than once, you cannot. And uh, This is why fast casting isn't mm-hmm. beyond broken. We answered Joe. I answered Joe's question right away just because it was a really easy one to answer, but it is also a very important one to answer, so we're reiterating it here. Yep. Um, this is one of the things that you got to know about stunts is there's only one stunt that you can use more than once, and it's skirmish. Mm-hmm. Now, there there is a spell that will let you Correct. use lightning attack multiple times, mm-hmm. but haste is hard to get to and costs a lot, mm-hmm. and... 
in the opinions of some of us, isn't probably worth it most of the time. <laughs> right. Because it does require you to roll stun points. But it is the exception to the rule. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. That's pretty much the answer to that question. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for uh, sending in a question. And, of course, if you have a question about Dragon Age RP, Dragon Age's RPG, whether it's mechanics, build suggestions, questions about lore, le- clarifications about old episodes that we've done, or anything else, you can send us a message at wondersofthetispodcast at gmail.com. You can send it through us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts, or you can send a personal message to Cut the Protector or Healer Pup on the Green Running forums, or... Or, more, I think, best choice. If you want best choice, number one blue ribbon choice... Go to the D20 Radio forums, mm-hmm. find us. Cot and Lease are our names. Yep, and start uh, start rocking out with us. Tell you know, Post some things there. We're not going to bite you for posting in there, I promise. Yeah. Come and uh, ask us questions and tell us about your characters. We Goodness knows our, we're going to gush yeah. about ours. You might as well gush about yours. We want to hear it. We've got our own forums. Come tell us all about your game. Yeah, we would love to see some stuff, and we will be active on there as mm. much as possible. Oh, yeah. So. For moderators and all that. Yep. Do tell, fun. do tell. So, uh, speaking of Brasilia, we should probably go ahead and open and our speak books. Speak of Brasilia. Yeah, speak lots about Brasilia because we're going to open our books to the Dissonant Verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. <laughs> of course, but... <sighs> Welcome to the Dissonant Verses. We've gotten a few requests uh, to see Brasilia, our homemade campaign setting, and to learn a bit more about it, and some folks have been wanting to steal it for their own games, so we figured we could probably do that. Can't steal what's freely given. We would love for you all to be to uh, make use of it. It's a, it's, it's near and dear to our hearts. So. Absolutely. Brasilia is our homemade campaign setting uh, and homemade timeline for the Dragon Age universe, and we've written some of it down for y'all. Um it, By some, we mean yes. really pretty comprehensive set of things. It's pretty nice. Uh, I'm sure we could have written more, but always. we've already got plenty. Always. Uh, and, of course, if you have questions about it, you can always send them to us, and we'd be happy to answer them. Yeah. We love talking about Brasilia. This is a setting where, when it comes to major NPCs, you can actually email those major NPCs to know more about them mm-hmm. if the publication doesn't tell you enough. And we just might be writing some adventures about this place, so keep it in mind. Uh in this uh, collection, we're going to be right, uh, putting out a blog post for Brasilia uh, as well. Um, we're very close to this episode, and we'll be also posting a link to it on our resources for your game page to the Google Doc drive that we uh, Google Drive uh, Google Doc. That's the word that we used to help craft this. Um, in this document, you're going to find a quick history of Brasilia, adventure hooks for Brazilian campaigns. Notable NPCs and some stats and background for portraying them in your games. A new background for characters who are raised in Brasilia. Organization stats for Brasilia during the final days of our campaign. And another block for the nation during the Inquisition era. We're a lot cooler in the Inquisition It's pretty nuts. Uh, and a new spell. And, new suggest- and some suggestions for incorporating revived elven magic in the form of spells from Fantasy Age. Yeah. We, we put some good stuff in here. Yeah, we're, we're pretty proud of it. We're pretty excited. We hope you like it. And tell us all about. Tell us if you uh, if you ever have a question about Brasilia or need a clarification about something or want to tell us about your adventures in Brasilia. Oh my goodness! Tell if us you all have adventures it. in Brasilia, we need to know. I oh, am yeah. very excited. By tell that us prospect. all about it. We love it. 
So, of course, you can find this and our other submissions in the, uh, archived in our Resources for Your Game page on our blog, wonderswithatispodcast.wordpress.com. If you'd like to share or share your or someone's custom Dragon Age RPG content... Send, with their permission. With their permission, of course. Uh, send a message to wonderswithatispodcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Google+, or SoundCloud accounts. Or send a personal message to Cot the Protector on the green... Cot the Protector or... or uh, Let's see, or your healer, healer puff on the Green Running forums. I am healer and puff on the Green Running forums. Cut and lease on the D twenty radio forums. So we should uh, probably make sure that we are submitting to the demands of the Qun <laughs> and get to the our main topic for today. Is it fate or chance? So you're a Kunari Barisad. Turn to pages 26 and 27 in the core rulebook, and you can see the background for yourself. So, this is a doozy to talk about. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we'd probably need maybe more than one episode to talk about it, because it involves some topics that definitely need more than, you know, like half an hour to an hour long uh, podcast episode to talk about. But we're going to try and give it our best shot. So, here we go. What is a Kunari Barisad? A Kunari Barisad is basically an agent of the military, a Kunari military, uh, which is called the Antam. Antam means body in Kunlat, and it is part of the triumvirate that governs the Kunari society. The body is the arms, legs, eyes, and ears of a creature, and the Antam is how the Kunari interact with the world. The Kunari military also handles diplomacy and sends out members of the Barisad when the Arashok has questions. Most Kunari outside of Parvalin are part of the Antam, meaning that the only impression people have of the Kunari comes from their soldiers, which is you, by the way. Um, the Kunari Baris, the Barisad, are known as the vanguard of the Kunari people, uh, and they answer the Arashok's questions, which means that you are likely working in intelligence gathering for Kunari lands. You are part of the Kuhn, a rigid philosophy that governs all aspects of Kunari life. It brings you purpose and reason, and any who do not follow the Kuhn you know, for a fact, are lost. So, you're, you're very fortunate there, having your... It's, you're very fortunate for having, uh, you know, being born in the correct... Uh, being born in the right place at the right time and having this philosophy that's going to save you and everybody else in Thetis. Whether they right? Ask, <laughs> whether they ask for it or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being a Barisad means that you are part of quite a, uh, a, bit, of a, a bit of a machine... Uh, part of the uh, part of the uh, the Kunan philosophy in the Kunari. So, as a Kunari Barisad, you likely are trained in the arts of war, are probably see, very combat trained. Whether you happen to be a rogue or a warrior, you likely have a strong sense of duty that was drilled into your head at a young age by the Tamasarans. You likely are dedicated to the Kuhn and believe in the purpose that it has brought you. The Kuhn is a lot of security. The Kuhn is a lot of security. The Kuhn is a lot of safety, and the Kuhn uh, brings purpose to everyone. Uh, you also likely have a poor view of those who can use magic, as the Kuhn teaches that mages cannot truly control their gift. Um, additionally, this is the only gender-locked uh, background, I believe. Mm-hmm. If you are a member of the Barisad, you are male. Well, and uh, it is important to note that the Kunari do have a concept of what it means for someone to be trans, and do completely accept those people as trans, even having the term, let's see if I can pronounce this, a Kunethlock. Born I, as one gender, so. but living in but living as another. 
So, one way or another, you are male. You are male. It's an interesting uh, thing to have as a requirement mm -hmm. for something in a game like this, but it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's true. <laughs> if you've ever been a female... Uh, if you've ever been a female main character in Origins and tried to have a conversation with Sten, you'll know that it doesn't tend to go very well. Mm-hmm. McEwen has uh, very rigid uh, gender roles in their society. Um, but that doesn't. it sounds like it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no room for movement, like, between the two, between the roles. Um, if you were, let's say, if, you know, if a person, it's, I said, if a, if a female shows outstanding talent and interest in fighting, then Well, then she's, she's not female. Yeah. Then they're, just, they're just male. Then obviously one of our, yeah, one of our characters actually is Talvashoth because she identifies as female and is very good at fighting mm -hmm. and refuses to be identified as something she is not. Correct. So there you go. So there we go. Oh, get out of here. So, um... He's talking to the computer. I am talking to the computer because it's talking back. Uh, others are going to likely assume that you are here to conquer or convert them. Others likely think you are titanically strong and dangerous. Others likely think you cannot speak trade tongue, as most Canary outside of Canary lands have only a passable command of the language. And, uh, in a society that is all about doing your job, uh, performing your duty above all others, having only a passable uh, ability at any skill is kind of embarrassing. So most of them just kind of stay quiet. Yep. And others likely will gasp when they see you enter a room or walk by them, suddenly wondering if they are being invaded. <laughs> and they might be. I mean... For all they know. For all they know, they could be. Um, this background does have a few uh, surprises hidden in it. As we mentioned... Um, Let's see, let's see, your name, your sex, and your classes are all going to be very restricted when you select this background. Um, your name is going to be your rank in the military. Um, just like Sten. Sten, uh, Sten, even though we call him Sten, Sten is his title. It's not his name. His actual name is more like a long string of numbers that determine his uh, genetic makeup and the parents he came from and such and such. Yep. But... That's not his, that, but, but, you know, we don't use numbers for names. The the Kunari refer to you by your job, by your title. What do they do if they need a specific Sten? If they need a specific Sten? Um, they just say, you Sten. No. That's a fair question. You other Sten. Maybe Sten. I mean, with the Sten, Sten that we know, you could right. probably just say hornless Sten, and they'll figure right. it out. Maybe, but. like, Sten of platoon such and such. Yeah, like Sten probably. number... Yeah. Sten of this group, I guess? Mm -hmm. They probably uh, <laughs> platoon numbers are probably pro platoon numbers probably help uh, avoid a lot of uh, a lot of uh, difficulty. Mm -hmm. um, you are not a mage uh, because a Sarabas would not be given the job that you have. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily because they don't trust the Sarabas. Uh, well, I mean they don't. Which I mean they don't. They don't trust the Sarabas to control their magic. The name ability. Sarabas is dangerous thing. Oh yeah, it literally means dangerous thing. So. Um, you are, being, of course, being given a job that has a bit that requires a bit of finesse, uh, a little bit of intelligence, and of course uh, the ability to fight. Mm -hmm. So, um, and Sarabas are just, and even if they are, you know, even if they are, you know, very in control of their abilities, it requires talents that they just simply do not consider Sarabas to have. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, magic is a thing that they are generally afraid mm -hmm. of. Oh, so. the Kunari are terrified of magic. 
think the Kunari saying is uh, magic is magic is to a mage what the ocean is to a drowning man. Yep. The Kunari do fundamentally do not believe that mages can truly be in control of their gift. And that, of course, that possession by demons thing is just as scary to the Kunari as it is to everybody else. Uh, this background, uh, mechanically, can have you start the game with a very impressive strength score. The background itself mm -hmm. gives you plus one strength for free, and there's a chance to get plus one strength on the benefits table, which means that if you roll well, you could start the game with a six strength. Now, by roll well, we do mean you have to roll all sixes. Have to sixes. roll for it. Correct. You, you have, have to, to roll... roll specifically, six, six, six on your dice. So you have to roll all sixes when you're generating ability scores. Now, I mean, if you roll a four anywhere, you could probably swap it over to strength, but... Yeah, but... Um, Rolling all sixes is not likely. Not, not likely. But it's if you manage it and you want to be a strong character, this is the way to go. You can really have is. a six strength. Uh, and you will have to roll a 12 on the Canary Barasad's uh, benefit table to get a further plus one to strength. Which means, I mean, you, it's, you can already hear it. You have to finagle it a little bit. You have to get very lucky. Mm -hmm. um, and Because if you're doing the point by system, you your strength caps out at three, which means at most for this, you could get a five doing that. Which, which is, is still already absurd. Still impressive. Um, but, I mean, Kunari are huge. Kunari are tough yeah. as hell. They are so, kind of huge, I guess. So there we are. And they're, just, they're just big folks. They do what they, they, do, what they do. Um... Let's see, and of course, finally, you are vulnerable to magic. There's a reason they're afraid of magic. Yeah, there's a mechanical reason that they're afraid to magic. Uh, it is that you are that uh, of the two the two Canari backgrounds, the backgrounds that actually make you, you know, the Canari race, uh, which is technically called Kossith, but uh, the Canari don't tell them that. But don't tell them that. No one, no, even if you did, they wouldn't even know what you were talking about. The Canari don't really even uh, acknowledge the word Kossith as a concept anymore. You're you're Kunari or you're not Kunari. But, um, being Kunari means you always take a minus one penalty on tests to resist magic. Which contributes to their, uh, in perhaps inherent fear of magic, and also perhaps explains why Deventer has been able to fight them so well. Mm-hmm. Granted, uh, the Kunari would chuckle, uh, would chuckle at anybody who thinks that they're at war with Deventer right now. Yeah. Oh, you think we're at war with you? Oh, that's darling. <laughs> Yeah, we'll let you know when we're. If around. I had, if my language had an expression for the word "darling," it's the <laughs> word I would be using right now. But the coon has no use for darlings. The coon has no use for darlings. <laughs> so, um, of course, uh, who in the Dragon Age world took this background? I wonder. <laughs> it was Sten, Sten of the Barasad from Dragon Age also Origins. Also, probably the Arashok. Also, probably the Arashok, assuming that, you know, the Arashok was. Or formerly known as the Sten who followed the hero for Elden. Well, yeah. The future Arashok. The current Arashok, the, the Arashok of, uh, who appears in Dragon Age 2, we don't necessarily know if he was part of the Barasad. Um, he could have very... been just part of the Antam. Well, that's true. It is, un it is mm. unlikely that, uh, wouldn't, would be, com like, if you had to pick one from the book, you would probably pick this one. Yeah. So, it's, not, you know, <laughs> yeah. not a city elf. <laughs> I mean, no. Um, but, uh, let's see. So, the background, of course, is excellent for folks who liked Sten and want to have a character who who uh, fills a similar role that Sten filled. Um, so, going back and playing Dragon Age Origins and listening to Sten is a great way to learn more about the QNN, but what it's like to be part of the Barasad. Because he is. Um, 
we'll talk a little, let's see, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the Kunari people, uh, because you will know this history quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are Barisad, then you mm-hmm. know all of this, and you, you've known it for a long time. Mm-hmm. It has been taught to you. The Kunari are known to have come from the north, uh, across the ocean. They are not native to their current home in Parvalin. Uh, before they even became Kunari, they were, of course, known as Kossuth, uh, which is the ancient word for the race of horned, ashen-colored giants that most people most people will simply call you Kunari. Um, Kossuth is only really known to scholars, and most average Kunari are not going to know what you're talking about when you say that word. Um, when they did arrive in Thetis proper, they were Kunari, under, united under the philosophy known as the Kun, and they hit Thetis like a battering ram. They came as a tidal wave in the Steel Age, conquering Parvalin at a quick fallen at a stroke, and then swiftly moving across the ocean to Saharan, Devinter, and Ravane. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some possibility that the people of Parvalin willingly gave themselves to the Kunari, but this isn't particularly well proven, mostly because uh, the Kunari did not bother to keep any real records of the people who lived there before. Uh, they came armed with superior technology and warships, like none than Thetis had ever seen. They came riding dreadnoughts. They had explosives like Gatlock, and they had cannons, uh, which no one else in Thetis really had because they had mages. Uh, their conquest cut in see, their con- their uh, quest for conquest and conversion cut into the heart of Thetis. They crossed the northern passage in the Barrack Ocean. And see, they took Saharan very quickly and Ravane, um, and Tevinter gave them a bit of trouble, but not much. The Canary Wars lasted well into the next age, nearly a hundred years. Um, and see, and then even the next age was named the Storm Age, uh, as the Chantry called for exalted marches to push back against the Kunari. Three exalted marches, exact, to be exact, were actually called from, uh, against the Kunari from both the Tevinter Chantry and the and the Andrastian Chantry. When you can get both the black and white divines working together towards a single cause, you have a problem. Oh yeah, the people of Thetis were not ready for the Kunari. Uh, let's see. The people of Thetis saw the Kunari as ruthless conquerors, while the Kunari only saw themselves as doing what was reasonable, saving the people of Thetis by converting them to the Kun, showing them the truth. The people of Thetis were squabbling small people who squabbling small people who killed each other, who killed each other all the time and uh, just didn't get anything done. They had no purpose. They had no direction. That's what the Kun gives them. Ain't no party like a Kun party because a Kun party is not a real thing because the Kun does not have parties. Mm-hmm. They are frivolous. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> also uh, mandatory. Yes. Uh, these wars would require all of the human nations to band together to push the Canary back out of Tevinter and Ravane, and eventually end with peace treaties called the Lamarin Accord. Only Tevinter did not sign the treaty, and they remain engaged with the Canary over the control of Saharan to this day. But if you ask any Canary, they are certain that they will do better next time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very confident. Oh, yeah. It's like, terrifyingly confident. Liliana will mention, will talk, will, you know, paint pretty words about the Kunari uh, splashing across Thetis, taking land, taking land and eventually losing it only when all of Thetis comes together and Sten just kind of quietly is like, we'll do better next time. <sighs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh jeez. So, uh, let's talk about, so now that you know where you've been and now where the rest of your people have been, let's talk about where you've been. Um, because you're Kunari, Barisad, you were likely, very likely raised among the Kunari people. Um, probably in the beating heart of the Kuen, which is Parvalin. Not necessarily in Parvalin, but it's a dang cool place to come from. You better take advantage of it, especially if you come from the capital, Kunandar, which is said to be one of the wonders of the world. 
architecture that easily rivals that of larger Theodosian cities like Cumberland, Minrathus, and, Van and Valrayo. And it is said that one cannot truly understand the Kunari until they have seen the Kuan in action in Kunandar. This is where you see the heart and the soul of the Kunari. Everyone else just gets to see the body, which is the military, mm -hmm. which is not always very personable. Um, you could have come from uh, any number of Kunari settlements in Parvalin. Um, those aren't the only, see, uh, Kunandar is not the only settlement, and, you know, you folks can go ahead and make one up if you like. That sounds That's like fun. That's always a good idea. Yeah, make up some stuff. That map is, that map especially to the north is pretty barren, which means that you guys get to populate it. Uh, you could even come from the Ravani city of Kantar, which is controlled by the Kunari, uh, the very, very northern tip of, uh, of Ravane. It is actually a city that is still, oh, that is still, uh, taken by the Kunari. The Ravani just kind of let them sit, let them hang around. Well, the Ravani don't really have a say in what, what, say, exactly what the Kunari really do. not a whole lot of choice here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you could have, let's see, wherever you came from, the Kunari waste nothing, and you were assigned your job during childhood by the Tamasrans. Uh, the Tamasrans are the educators of the Kunari children, and they would have been like your parents, teaching you to read and all about the Kuan itself, um, teaching you the wonders of, of being part of the Kuan and uh, how you will find your place in society, and of course they would teach you, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they would give you your basic education. Uh, you would have never known your parents, um, as the care of children ends when they are born, and they are taken by the Tamasrans for raising and education. Um, Kunari basically, Kunari don't really have families. Families are not, are, are not uh, pretty much forbidden. It's yep. just not a thing. When two people have a child, they just hand the child off to the Tamasrans and they find, and they will find their purpose and they return to back and return to their purpose. And of course, uh, it is very likely that you were, uh, did you were, goodness, what's the word? Uh, not honestly genetically engineered, but you, your parents were, were chosen mm -hmm. to have you. Your parents were chosen to have you because of their specific genetic traits, and you were be, you were born hoping that you would have a specific combination of traits. And for, it sounds for a like you job. did if you're uh, successfully mm. in the Barisad. If you're in the Barisad, it obviously worked out. Uh, you would have begun training for your job under the Qun as soon as you reached adulthood. Um, now, of course, before adulthood, some other talents may pop, may pop out. Uh, Bull was probably meant for the was probably meant for the Antom, but when it, he was when it was discovered that he could uh, fight and lie. Mm -hmm. He was brought, he was brought over to the Bar to the to the Ben Hasrath. But seeing as you're in the Barisad, I mean, you could have perhaps been uh, maybe even chosen for a different job than the one you got at the end. But was then discovered that you were meant for something else. Mm -hmm. All that genetic, all that, all those genetics can only do so much, and you could have been a surprise. Maybe. But one way or another, however you got here, you are in the Kunari. You are a Barisad. Uh, well, you're not a Barisad. You are in the Kunari Barisad. Um, you were likely chosen for your combat ability and your intelligence, because being able to think on your feet, uh, fight, and gather info for the Kunari is what you do. Uh, some get the, some Barisad, I understand, begin their training as guards of Kunari ports, where they get to see, uh, they get to see some other races, um, uh, and, uh, get exposed to the outside of Kunari society, because you'll be spending some time in it, because mm -hmm. that's what the Barisad do. Um... The Barisad are folks who go uh, abroad in Thetis to answer the Arashok's questions. Um, we thought about talking about the Kuan while we were here, but uh, which is the structure of your life. It is everything to you and your fellow Kunari. Uh, in most campaigns, you're probably going to be the only people who knows about much about the Kuan, and you will be surrounded by by normal by other people. I'm going to say normal people because to the Kunari, Kunari are normal. People who are not Kunari are called the Bas or things. 
<laughs> in Kunlat. Uh, this is what you will probably call people who do not follow the kin or have your respect. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone who has your respect, I think they call them Basalit An. Useful thing? Something I, like that? Something, something like that. Or like, you know, it's a, you're, you're still a thing. You're not, but because you're not Kunari. But even one. Well, you're, you're worthy of at least some respect. Well, and it's telling that no matter how loyal to the Kun you, the Kun you are as a mage, you're still Sarebas. Yep. You're still yep. a thing. Yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. That is very true. It's kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... And honestly, even the Sarabas can be respected because uh, there's kind of this concept of giving of uh, giving themselves over to the Kuen, um to master themselves. And while they may not necessarily trust the Sarabas, uh, a Sarabas that takes good care of itself and uses its gifts only in the service of the Kuen is still very respected. Especially because um, a lot of the Kunari probably understand that you are going that a, a, a Sarabas is going to have a harder time with it, mm-hmm. uh, because they've got more to keep under control. Let's see, Bas Basalit An, a non Kunari worthy of respect. Yep. Let's see, or uh, if you want to get rude, you can call them Basra, which is a rude term for non Kunari people. Yeah, there are there are a few books that also teach you how to uh, how how to swear. How to swear? Uh, uh, oh yes, swearing in Kunar in uh, in, in Kunlat is Vashadan. There's if you stub your toe, a Kunar, stub their toe, a Kunari will shout Vashadan. There are some other things that you can uh, you can say that are mm-hmm. a bit ruder, but you'll have to go find those yourself. Mm-hmm. You can go find those. Um, you should definitely take some time to research the kin more closely, as this that subject is way too big. As as yeah. as Bull has said, telling me telling me about the kin is like saying telling me about economics. Yes, yeah. uh, most kunari only really know enough to get by, uh, and that's probably the case for you. You only are you're not going to know that much about the kin. Just your little piece of it. You're going to know your piece of it, the piece of it that you need to know. Um, you should also learn some phrases in Kunlat, the kunari language, uh, to make things a bit more authentic. Yeah, they have some very, again, very creative swears. Very creative swears. Recommend you find all of them. <laughs> in, uh, especially for uh, Kunari uh, uh, to, uh, genitalia. They're usually referred to as your little friends. Oh, yeah. In <laughs> have to go digging through uh, World, uh, uh, World of Thetis Volume 2 for that, but you can find some it's worth it. very clever swears. Um, can really spice up your character portrayal. Yes. Um, within your, the Kyun, you are part of the Antam, which is part of the Kunari Triumvirate. Um, the Antam is the body. And, and as part of the body, you have your rank and your duty. <clears throat> you do not have a name besides a string of numbers that represents your genetics. Your name is your title. Uh, and there are titles for specific jobs in the Antam. And we've got a couple, and we've got a list here for you. Um, as we mentioned, this background is going to basically pick your name for you. Uh, unless you get, you know, get a little, um, I guess loose with it. Well, loose with it, and get a, a nickname like the Iron Bull got. That would make you pretty Talbashafi, though. Yeah, it's not usually done. Um, so, uh, possible names that you could have are uh, Tarbas, uh, which is one who collects the weapons of fallen Kunari warriors. This is a pretty low rank. Uh, Ashad is a Kunari scout, which is an excellent name for rogue Barasad. Mm-hmm. Karashok is for infantry privates, and uh, Karasad. 
uh, is a rank and file soldier, which is usually a melee, uh, usually a melee warrior, which will also probably be fairly common for uh, warrior warrior Barisad. Mm-hmm. Um, if you control a platoon, you are called you are referred to as Sten. Um, if you happen to be uh, if you happen to be traveling with a Sarabas, you would probably you could potentially be Avarad. Uh, which is one who holds back evil. These Kunari uh, jobs are specifically to hunt Talvashoth and to control Sarabas. Uh, if you are higher rank than a Sten, you could be a Karasten, which is an infantry, which you are basically your area commander. Um, any higher ranks are likely to be beyond the realm of lower level characters, but your name can change if your position in the military changes, just mm-hmm. like how Sten eventually becomes known as Arashok if he survives Origins. And of course, if you read the comic books, which you totally should. I think he shows up in Those Who Speak. Check it out. Uh, and, of course, the ones that come after that, which I, uh, the name is slipping on me for, but you should definitely read them. You get to follow Alistair. And, uh, Everybody Varric, likes Alistair. And Varric and Isabella. Everybody <laughs> likes them, too. So, um, and, of course, being a member of the Barisad also means that you've got a mission. You've got a job. You are here for a very specific reason. Um... Sten's mission in Dragon Age Origins uh, was the Arashok asking, "What is the blight?" It's a pretty that broad, is, that's pretty broad a pretty question. Big question. Pretty broad question. He was sent with a small platoon uh, under his command, uh, who, uh, ironically, of course, were killed by Darkspawn. And uh, you may be answering questions that can run anywhere from like, "What defenses does this nation have? How do Elysian politics function? Good luck. <laughs> How could we use this country's resources? What sort of magic does this group of people use? What level of technology do these people have? And anything that the Arashok wants to know about non-Kunari lands, they could ask you. See, the Arashok could ask of you, and you will have to go find it out because that is your job. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, as part of your mission, it's worth knowing. Uh, that you had, that your companions are something to think about. If you are traveling in an adventuring group that includes non-Kunari, you will uh, likely have to. You will probably take some issue with how they comport themselves. Yep, and that can lead to some excellent role play. <laughs> yes, but um, you definitely want to sort that out in session zero. Please do, please do. Make sure that your character is not going to be a pain for everybody mm-hmm. else. If anyone here has ever heard of the like the lawful stupid paladin. Uh, archetype of player characters this this... is your opportunity to do that in dragon age it is we don't necessarily recommend going that far into it but you should definitely add some uh rigid it is not done yes but you should definitely talk to your party before making these choices like if you're going to be a kunai barisad you're you have a very rigid way of thinking and you're probably going to be trying to uh hoist it onto some of your uh companions yep which we hope that your uh, fellow players are going to be okay with. Yep. But so I think, you know, as sure long that. as you talk to your GM and the other mm-hmm. players, that can be a source for some really, really interesting conversations. Definitely. Uh, you'll also definitely want to talk to your GM about what exactly your mission is and whether or not that mission could be completed before the campaign is over, which means you will then have to report back, which could mean that you have to split the party a little bit. Um, this can be alleviated if the whole party is Kunari Barisad, uh, mm-hmm. and you are in fact all part of the same platoon that is out uh, seeking the same answer to the same question that the Arashok asked. Yes. So that that can that can actually make an excellent campaign if everybody is a member of the same platoon of Kunari Barisad. That can always be very <laughs> exciting. 
Oh, um, it does mean that you're not going to ha- probably have any mages in your party, which is probably why they died in Darkspawn. Well, unless somebody's playing the Sarvas. Unless somebody brought a Sarvas, in which case one of you is going to need to be the Avarad. Somebody's going to be having a much worse day than everybody else. Yeah, which does me also mean that uh, there is, because there is no background for Sarvas right now, uh, officially. There have been a couple mm-hmm. fan-made ones. Uh, which we definitely check, recommend you check out. And I believe we've actually mentioned one and should that should be in uh, the uh, resources for your game page. I don't think it's labeled Saravas background. I think it's labeled as, a, as, some, as somebody had like a document filled with creations because they also had crafting rules, if I recall. Mm-hmm. They had a Saravas background. Um, so if you're going to have a... Whole, yeah, check it out. If you're going to have a whole Marisod group, you're probably going to want to be uh, making sure that at least everybody's taking charge. That'd probably be a good idea. Mm-hmm. That everybody can patch each other up. Uh, or bring a Sarabas along. And honestly, Sarabas don't usually learn healing magic from what I've seen. Yeah, that doesn't really seem to be highly encouraged. No. Because Sarabas. that means they have to do their magic on other right. Kunari. And the Kunari are really generally not fond of having yeah. magic put yeah. on their bodies. That's weird. They probably wouldn't even appreciate someone like casting flaming weapons on their swords. Because then they'd be like, ah! Yeah. yeah no, it no, no, no that. It took a while for... Uh, for uh, Vinok, our t- even our Talvashoth character, mm-hmm. to be super okay with telekinetic weapons on, yeah. on her fists. On her, yeah, because they were on her fists. <laughs> she well, didn't she have... Had, she had, like, she, yeah. gauntlet things. She had gauntlet things, but... but she didn't have any, like, weapons that she could, like, hold away yeah, from her. Yeah, no, they she... Were keep, on her hands. They were on her hands. That was pretty creepy. And it will remain creepy, especially if you were brought up as a Kunari. Um... And one last, uh, let's see, one last little note that's worth keeping in mind is that uh, all Kunari, or at least most Kunari, have a kind of like badge of office, which is usually like a tool that is part of their trade, uh, as is the case with Sten, who has a sword. Uh, one of his uh, early companion quests is that he lost the sword after his uh, platoon was mur- was attacked by Darkspawn, um, and one of the quests is finding that sword and bringing it back to him. And that sword is, um, I think, is given with the phrase, uh, guard it or lose all honor. Because that badge of office, that tool that you keep, uh, is representation of your rank. It's the, the, a, lot of the, a lot of Kunari compare it to your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to lose it, it would be to lose your soul. And Sten even says that if he returned uh, to the Kunari lands without that sword, he would be slain on sight. Because he would be considered dead. He has lost all honor. It's so, a good thing you go and get it better yeah. for him. If you're going to be Barisod, it means you're part of the Antam, which means that your uh, your object is probably going to be a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get disarmed. Don't get basically. disarmed. I mean, you, you won't be slain on sight for being disarmed, but it's shameful. And it just stops the, the whole a, problem from taking place. Can I have a lot of shame? <laughs> There's a lot of shame. Uh, so don't lose it. Um, and uh, if your G- if your campaign's going to be going on a little long and your GM might be uh, adding bigger and better weapons, we might recommend checking out the free document for the Faces of Thetis that had Varric introduced. Uh, they also introduced the concept of uh, weapons that improved with the character. This would be an excellent place to uh, make sure that that player who... Show, you know, that, that character who's a Kanari Barisad who's probably not going to be replacing that weapon or at, at least is going to be keeping it the whole time they can get some good use out of it mm-hmm. to be fair I uh, I, never, I didn't really change my staff out for a very mm-hmm. long time yep your staff got better it did get better mm-hmm. it's a nice turned stick turned out it was magic it's a very good stick it was a magic stick 
Very nice magic stick. So keep that in mind. And I think we have satisfied the demands of the Kuhn for today. Yes. I'm sure they'll come calling back again. We still have to talk about... Well, we won't the, be here for a while. <laughs> we won't be here for a while. We're going to go to Gen Con now. They can answer to the cats. They can answer to the cats. Uh, keep an eye on... If you are listening to this uh, on the day... Let's see, when it comes out, which will be very soon. We'll... Uh, very see, soon, really. We'll yeah. probably be at Gen Con by the time you listen to this. And yep. If you happen to be at Gen Con 2, see if you can find us. Hit us up. Uh, send us a message through our... Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, Plus, or SoundCloud accounts, or you can send us a message through, uh, let's see, through our email. Uh, probably better to do those because we'll get uh, notifications of those faster than we will messages, I think, on uh, the forum, on either of our forums. Yeah, we'll be a bit busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, if you want to, if you find us, say hi. Tell us if you like the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, if you have any suggestions for topics for later on, or just geek out about Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'll be seeing some. Uh, see, I'll be seeing some of you at my game tables. That'll be cool. And uh, you know, it, this uh, this will probably be coming out a little bit too late. Mm-hmm. But uh, today is Wednesday. If any of you are uh, going to be at the foam fighting event in uh, in the Union Station around eight eight thirty tonight, whenever that starts. Then you might you might get to beat up on some podcasters. I mean, that could be fun. That could be fun. Though, chances are, this by the time you hear this, that will have already passed. So. Possible. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. This is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. And this is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feet. Thank you for listening, and you folks, uh, go satisfy the demands of the Kuhn. Bye-bye. Kuhn. Kuhn.